Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Fahey, your host, and it is John Boy Time, I'm afraid. Joining me as ever... Skeet Lover's Pizza, the be-all, end-all, Ken-doll, the man who put tickle in testicle, Aaron Joseph Peter. Guilty as charged. Uh, I, I, I try to take the tickle out of testicle, but it's just it's just not that fun without it. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they weren't so full of pee. <laughs> Which is what they are. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, YouTube user. <laughs> Still living on that round earth, weirdo. <laughs> yeah. The earth is flat, like time, which is John Boy. And that's a, and his, Time is John Boy, and it is John Boy time. round, Ooh. and that's where the P is. Now, that suave voice to your right and my left, that is Matt Brousseau, the handsome young lad uh, that we adore. Hi. Hey. 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 Hey, you guys here alone? <laughs> You guys come here a lot. There's people <laughs> listening, that's all. But I kind of like that. Well, yeah. Um, I, um, Aaron, you know, uh, uh, you know what I do in my, my, my day-to-day business. I and, know everything. And, uh, <laughs> slow down. Uh, uh, so, you know, I went for my STD test. Yeah. And I, I, I went and... <laughs> Our I, STD test, if you catch my drift. <laughs> and I told uh, the, uh, the doctor... That uh, she she asked me, do you have sex with men or, or women or both? I said women, and uh, she was like, and what kind of protection do you use? I said none whatsoever. That's right, I remember that. And then she was like, well, you know, there's super chlamydia now, and like she was telling me that they're all evolving and becoming monsters That's and bullshit. stuff. Bullshit, evolution's a lie. More power, <laughs> more power uh, to them. And then she was talking about prep, you know, uh, you know, for, which is a medication to prevent uh, the tra- transmission of uh, uh, the HIV virus. That's exactly which is the virus that causes AIDS. Yes, and that uh, that is uh, a very plentiful in the gay community. Uh, AIDS, yeah. Plentiful. plentiful? Well, the use of the use of prep. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I understand what you mean. It just sounds. But positive. also, she was saying like, you know, uh, I like. Anybody using prep? I think it's great for anybody to use it. That's a big prep uh, wants you to. Think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's uh, your asshole chapped and stuff. It's yeah. It's, is that true? Yeah, dude, it's a fucking heavy duty drug. Really? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Now, and and if you're gay, do you really want your asshole chapped? I mean, that's fucking Main Street. <laughs> Well, those chaps a friend of mine. It's me. Well, you want an assless chap, yeah. but you don't want a chapped ass. Mm. No. You want yeah. a chapless ass. Chapless America? Yeah, no chap. You want a chapless ass with your assless chaps. Listen, I just, want, I just want a chap in my ass, and that's all I want. Okay. <laughs> you want a chap <laughs> in a simple all right, good chap. I just want a nice chap in my ass, and that's all I want. But honestly, if you are a, a practicing homosexual, uh, take prep, please. And even if you're a professional. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, amateur, whatever. Take uh, prep. Fuck yeah, butt fuck, get butt fucked. Have a great time. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I get the results via an app for my STD test, uh-huh. um, and you know, I don't have any, uh, of course. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm going to tell you guys, yeah. and uh, I. Um, <laughs> 
I'm 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 like I'm confused because she she said something like I was like you know this is like the results for chlamydia gonorrhea uh, with syphilis and HIV separate and then I was like is there, am I gonna get any more like herpes is kind of like the one you really want to know about right. And she's like, uh, well, no, you kind of have to have an outbreak. And then later on, people are telling me, no, that's not true. That they should be able to test in your blood to see if you have herpes. Antibodies. Yeah. Um, so uh, I go uh, kind of, uh, you, can send, you can send messages to your doctor over the yeah, app. Yeah. And I'm like, so all of my results are in and they are negative, correct? And she goes, yes, that is correct. Your STD results were negative for HIV, syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia. And I go, that's a big relief. <laughs> My friend Matt said I must have had unprotected sex with Lady Luck. Is that a thing that works for people that don't use protection? Did I say that? You've never said okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, you were saying I guess I must have been bareback and Lady Luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she writes back to me, hey, John, in general, when you have unprotected sex, your risk for sexually transmitted infections such as HIV, syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia. Many people who have STDs don't have symptoms, so you may not even know you were exposed. I am not sure what the reference to Lady Luck is, but yes, it does appear you got luckily as, as you had unprotected sex and did not get an STD. However, in general, you are engaging in risky behavior. Thanks. That's a fun movie. And your your <laughs> yeah. risk for STDs is very cool. high, and I do recommend condom use every time. Thanks, and take care. And I go, are you seeing these kinds of results elsewhere with people that don't use protection? Still really psyched. Just saying everything from her perspective. <laughs> that is the worst. Are you using exclamation points? Wasting a medical professional's time. <laughs> and I go, I had sex with my friend Aaron after getting the results because I'd been curious about sex with men. Piece of shit. I just roped I, both I, of us I, into this. I used the probe you told me about, the though. Probe. The prep you told me about, though. <laughs> is that all I really need? As always, thank you for your time with these questions. You should have written, I used the perp you were talking about. <laughs> and she goes, Hi, John. HIV PrEP is a medication that we prescribe for patients to reduce the risk of HIV transmission. I'm a big fan of PrEP because it's the best way to prevent HIV, especially in patients who don't use condoms frequently and are engaged in high-risk behaviors such as lack of condom use. We are definitely seeing a significant rise of STDs in the U.S. at this time. STDs are very common in my patients who are not using protection, so you're not seeing these kind of results, I guess. <laughs> With my patients who do use protection, their risk is definitely lower, and I am not seeing increased rates of STDs. If you want to discuss starting HIV PrEP medication in the future, please call and schedule an appointment as I would be happy to talk to you about this. And I That's nice of her. I sent Remember you took me to CVS? Yeah, yeah, I do remember this. I write back, <laughs> this is it, right? And I send her a picture of Preparation H cooling gel <laughs> for fucking you, so, you, you, I can't believe you did it. I can't believe you did it. You, we were talking about this. Oh, I'm gonna fuck with this doctor. I'm gonna, and you fucking, yeah, that prep works good. <laughs> Don't worry, I got some of that prep you told me about. It's on the counter. So, yeah. It's all over the counter. It also got rid of my hemorrhoids, which I did not know were fucking sexually transmitted. I'm free and clear down there. Ready to go. God, I hate no you. response. And I had to see her the next day. Yeah, see her in person. I had to see her in person the next day, and I kind of had like a little bit of an anxiety attack on my way there because oh, I'm like, oh, tough cause, shit. Because I'm like, I mean, I was like, I was like, man, I fucking, oh god. She didn't say a word about it. She was just like, hey, yeah, I didn't know you were gonna be in today because we've been going back and forth on the. On the, I thought you were totally fine. On the app. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I saw her about like totally sincere other like, you know, like getting a physical and shit and like whatever shots I'm behind on. And uh Rape dog. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, um she just didn't say a fucking thing about it. So I, I'm she's pretty cool. She's probably pretty hip, probably knows I was fucking with her, and then just you know, shut Move. me down yeah. as she should have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh Good but doctor. uh but I 
I really did have a lot of fun. Oh God, you sent a preparation. <laughs> I was, I was just giggling to myself. Preparation age cooling gel, and it's like my hand holding it. You know, you suck so bad, dude. You should have had Aaron hold it. Yeah, and take just, a picture. Just, this is my partner. I just swapped some of this up, Aaron's butthole. We're good, right? Anyway, I'm really psyched on those rules, so I decided to start fucking dudes. <laughs> Don't worry, I got that prep you told me about, though. Uh, really yeah, great. it's really great, John. Pretty good stuff. In general, in the new year, um, go see your doctor. Get an STD test. It's always Schedule good. a physical. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Get the shots you're behind on, John. Yeah. yeah. G- Giardia, Parvo, rabies. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Get d- fixed. It's just tetanus I'm really worried about. You know? Uh, tetanus? Yeah. Tetanus, yeah. I think you got to have it like once every 10 years yeah, or something. You, and and, and, and they wrap time... it up with pertussis usually. It's... Yeah, I never, I think the last time I had it was after I, I got like fucked up by a handbrake on a forklift and yeah. needed to go get a tetanus shot right away. Uh, but that was like in Ireland. So uh. I'm definitely due for another one. Um, I'm going to launch into this profile and I, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have, are you doing anything else in this episode? Nope. Okay. Um, just enjoying you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I love it. Um, preparation H in my butt. Let's, uh, destroyed. let's just take a small break. Okay. And then we'll return. Okay. Reset. Oh, and we're back. Oh, I want boy. to um uh tell you a little. I just I just kind of. I found this little love story, and and I really really like it. It's uh, it's not the most highly eccentric thing, except for uh, the circumstances surrounding it. Um, but it's just a really beautiful story to me. And I started asking you to get you in the zone about uh, I think the only love story you've ever talked to me about that you like, which is in Blue Valentine. That's right. It's and cool. I wanted you because I still haven't seen Blue Valentine, and a lot of people have told me it's like kind of like getting uh, yeah punched in the gut. Uh, which you said also, yeah, yeah. Um, but just uh, give me a little bit of a a rundown of you know it's um it, it's it's that it's a it's a one fucking love story movie that just fucked me up like, yeah in a good and bad way it's one of those like um I, I don't want to spoil much of it but it's it's Ryan Gosling and um, Michelle Williams mm-hmm. 2010 directed by uh, Derek Sion France mm-hmm. director of Place Beyond the Pines. And uh, she's a she's a young med student. He's living in Brooklyn, moving, working for a moving company. And they cross paths a couple times. She has a boyfriend, and he's kind of a dick. But they cross paths a couple times. Then they start dating, and then the boyfriend, the ex boyfriend, is like jealous, beats him up, and then like kind of knocks her up, and then mm-hmm. leaves. And Gosling is like, I don't care, it's not mine. So, and then. It kind of like flips between the present where they've been together for five years and the past of the story. So it's it's a story of them falling in love and the story of them falling out of love. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's pretty brutal. Uh, and um, they do a good job of like making uh, Ryan Gosling um, like age a little bit, maybe kind of look fucked up. Right? Yeah. It's like he's not the hot fucking stallion that he was in 2010. Uh, Michelle Williams still looks good all throughout the whole thing. Of course. Uh, of course. Uh, yeah, special patriarchy, you know? <laughs> uh, and it's one of those stories where, like, it fucking makes you hate the idea of love, but also, like, fuck, man, it's still worth it. It's yeah. one of those things where, like, yeah, they all end. They yeah. Everything ends, but it's that's why it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a fucking... 
Stake through the heart movie, but it's God. It's the one. It's the one probably fucking. Rom- I, I don't know what you would call that romantic drama or love story. I mean, it, yeah. it fucking shits on the Notebook, in my opinion. Right. But you don't. You only need to see it like once or twice to get the. I think I just came across this story, and it was one of those things where it was like, you know, like everybody kind of like loves this girl, not just the guy, and it was just like one of those things where it was like. God, now I think I love her. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? Like, because it was like, it's just like, it just overwhelmed me. And in this way that, like, I remember one, there was one, this one thing where Norm MacDonald was talking about being in a museum and, like, looking at this painting of this woman. He's like, it's just so beautiful. And he's like, it's 1684. And I'm like, the woman's long dead. <laughs> and he's like, here I am falling in love with her like a jackass. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was, uh, yeah, that's what she needs. One more guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, the potency of, of of some things, and this is this comes out of the royal family, which I do not give one half of one fuck about. Right. I've oh, never, Jesus I've Christ, never considered tiresome. But this story just fucking, I was like, God, I completely give a shit about this, you know. Um, and I guess there's something about those stories that it makes me understand the fascination with it so much because you are in a small drama. You're in a tiny little soap opera, yeah, and you get to know these people so intimately well because their their, their lives are public and important, you know. Uh, especially in these times, um, this is uh, 1794. Uh, George uh, is the Prince of Wales. Uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be King George the uh, Fourth. His father is George the Third, and he's looking for a bride, and he had, is not. <laughs> he has like. An illegal marriage to a woman that like he's really into mm-hmm. and like she's Catholic and not it's, it's not even recognized I'm like, why would you get illegally married? What the fuck are you doing? You know? Yeah, it does seem weird to tie it down. Yeah, it's, it's gonna like be torn away from you and uh, so he uh, He picks his cousin of course yeah. uh, Caroline of Brunswick and he's never met her and It's like he's going to get such a huge sum of money for doing this right that it's going to basically take the royal family out of debt as he ascends to the throne. So it's right. just kind of a strategic move. And in these days, he he probably saw a painting of her. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, it maybe was just... It was, it was moving because someone was moving it across the they room. They cut a little hole in yeah, the mouth yeah. of the painting. He's like, oh, I'm your cousin, Caroline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think me pretty? Yeah. Oh, you got a mustache. Dad! <laughs> so Wait, they were in debt. They were in debt, the royal family. Uh, yeah, they were in debt, and the, the always good. The George the Third uh, was um, going to show more and more signs of uh, descent into madness, but you know it would already kind of like be in place by this time. <laughs> sure, it starts small. Now it's this killing, is, this is that's George's father. You're talking yes, about. Right. and um, so they are disgusted. The cousins that they've never met. When they meet, the first time they meet, they fucking hate each other. They go ahead with the the marriage. Um, in uh, April of 1795, uh, George later says they had sex only three times. Oh my god! Uh, separated within weeks, but were like living in the same house. Right, big house. Uh, on my birthday, seventh <gasps> oh. of January, 1796, uh, just nine months after the wedding, Caroline gave birth to their daughter at their residence in Carlton House, London. So and- one of those times worked. One of those three that, times worked. Probably that first time. And George was not <laughs> thrilled that it wasn't a boy. Um, but the king, the the, the king, uh, he's 
way way psyched that it's a girl and uh even as he descends into madness he keeps this very strong relationship between him and the grandchild uh who is named charlotte and um they were kind of hoping that the child would bring them back together as a couple it didn't um three days after the birth george uh prince george makes a will directing that his wife uh has no role in the upbringing of the princess oh my god yeah and he gives all of his all of his w- wealth in the will to his mistress that he married, Maria Fitzherbert. Maria Fitzherbert? <laughs> oh, God. But nothing to the daughter? No, uh, well, it's, uh, well, I don't know. It's... She's a land holdings, maybe? Yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, it stays in the family. I think by, by virtue of her birth, yeah, it's going. Right, but, right. Uh, but the lion's share. But yeah, this thing about the, lion, uh, about, about the way money is allocated is so fascinating in the royal family. And you can kind of see it now coming up with this thing about Prince Harry, like, yeah. dipping out of yeah. it. Yeah, and copywriting, like, the name. Uh, yeah, it's weird because, it's like, Prince Charles pays for some of his shit. And then, like, other things, like, are from... It's, it's just weird how yeah how they get all their money and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're, they're big. I mean, they're super. I think they're the biggest landowners in the world or something mm. like that. Like private, if you consider oh, okay, them yeah. private. Yeah, right. and then there's some that comes from the taxpayer right. and yeah, so on. Wedding, yeah. Um, yeah, he in, in, in this will, his wife Caroline, his legal wife, he leaves one shilling. That's just petty. That's really bad. Oh, the check for four dollars. I left you a kid. Yeah. Um, oh, you, wait, she can't even take care of a the lot. Kid. A lot of people in the royal family at this time are unpopular. And but, but that money he got from her, anyways, right? From that marriage. Um, yeah. Is that right? What? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, or it was just it's no. It was more about shoring up the throne. He has his own amount of God, money, right? But he was going to shore up the throne by getting, and that's what he did. Um, but everybody's really celebrated about this, you know, potential new heir to the throne, right? So the daughter, the yeah, Charlotte. When Charlotte's born, um, it could, and I think she's even more popular because so many people in the royal family are unpopular. And um, well, if they act like like George, yeah, yeah, I mean, they all kind of suck. And uh, you know, she's uh, she's given Caroline is like, I deserve better treatment, you know, because I I gave you an heir to the throne. After my asshole husband, it's going to be my daughter. So, you know, George is kind of, you know, uh, Prince George is restricting her contact and uh, won't let her see the daughter unless there's a nurse or a governess around. And uh, she's allowed a daily visit. And it was kind of like that was kind of the thing you did in that time was like the child was left with servants and you would see it once a day. And um, she wasn't allowed any say in the upbringing of the child. Um, but the household staff would disobey the prince because they were just like, I'm not going to fucking take this girl away from her mother. Right. You know, and uh, that was very risky. Yeah. You know, but this is a thing that would kind of continue to play out throughout the life of the child. And um, uh, George was never aware of this. And uh, he didn't even see his daughter very much himself. Um, and Caroline would just boldly defy the prince and get in a carriage and ride around with her daughter and the crowds would go wild for huh. this. They fucking loved it, you know? And uh, so she's like, you know, she grows up healthy and she she's like, uh, she's just a happy, like, really plucky kid, you know? And uh, she's just a big lover and, like, really wears her feelings on her sleeve. And uh, her parents are just kind of, like, using her against one another and stuff. <laughs> you know that it's is? It's to know we have a lot in common with the royals. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And it goes on and... 
Uh, she and one of them gets in a, in a limo <laughs> right. in Paris. <laughs> Caroline gets into a, uh, she gets into a rented home near Blackheath. She's kind of like now out of the house, and uh, they kind of uh, sided with the father in 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 rights to to small children. Um, and uh, he he still allowed Caroline access, uh, though more so than he did before. And uh, in seventy eight, they made uh, one more kind of like pitch to like. Rekindle things and this is 1778 1798 1798 yes, uh, which is also the year of the the United Irishman rebellion. Oh nice uh, 30,000 Irishmen killed no big no, deal. These royals don't give a shit. They're, they got a baby to yeah. use yeah. as a pawn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you can't use Ireland as a pawn now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. baby and um, It was the last serious effort at getting them back together and she just like wouldn't even show up and uh, So then it looked to be like okay. Well, he's not gonna have a son ever and so Sometimes Charlotte gets taken out to Blackheath, but she's never allowed to stay in the mom's house. In the summers, uh, he would uh, he would uh, lease a lodge out there to his daughter, which made visiting kind of easier between them. And uh, she, you know, basically had as much access to her daughter as she wanted to. And when Charlotte's eight years old, her dad, who's still with Maria Fitzherbert, <laughs> uh, he decides, I just want Carlton House to myself. And he takes over everything and moves their daughter into Montague House. So now it's like this whole fucking family is in three different houses all over the goddamn place. Okay, yeah. He's in one. Daughter's another one. And she's like six. Yeah, she's eight now. She's eight. And uh, and she lives in a household on her own with nothing but people paid to be there. Right. You know? God, that's fucking uh, But a lot of them love her. And uh, there's a lot of uh, of people that, um, you know, like these these... They're ladies, and there's people that are like politicians and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Elgin was very close with her, uh, and that was like another thing where she was forced to retire because George gets mad that he, she took Charlotte to see uh, the king without uh, George's permission, you know? And he's going do lally in the fucking castle. And uh, <laughs> see the crazy man. Yeah, and uh, George also got rid of another sub governess, Miss Heyman, for being too friendly with Caroline. So it's just all this tacky, petty uh, bullshit. God. What is this guy? Is he not? Does he not have enough foxes to hunt? What is he doing? All yeah. Does he and have the any thing is, is that, and the thing is that yeah. George George was also <laughs> raised highly strictly by you know the Mad King, <laughs> and he hated it and rebelled against it, and right. he still just plays out the same script. Well, and in, and in this case, it's. Partly because it's a fucking the kid's a pawn, right? Yeah, and that's just like. But you so also toxic. have your fucking Fitzherbert up there, like you yeah, gotta, you, like, yeah. What do you want here, bro? Yeah, you know. But it's like it's really just that. In so many ways, this child determines the future of the United Kingdom, right? And if I lose control over that, yeah, I, you know what I mean. I might as well go fuck myself. And so the other another lady de clifford was uh was very fond of charlotte and she was too in love with her to discipline her properly so charlotte just ends up being like a fucking tomboy you know oh, what i mean nice and uh and she's just like like shiloh jolie pitt just really like bold and <laughs> and and fucking uh she brings one of her, her grandsons um the honorable george keppel 3 years younger than charlotte as a playmate for charlotte and uh 40 years later Keppel, who becomes an earl, uh, he he writes about Charlotte in his memoirs and uh, just them playing together for this short time. They were friends, and um, he had so many anecdotes like about her, and he talks about like them fucking fighting, just straight up like little kid fisticuffs, yeah. uh, horse riding, and 
The one time they saw outside at, at Earl's court, a crowd gathered to to catch a glimpse of the princess, and they just like got in the crowd themselves unrecognized. Ah, very nice. You know? Um, and they like it at. <laughs> and uh, so uh, the king starts making plans for education and gets a, a huge staff of, of teachers uh, and uh, the Bishop of Exeter's instructor in faith and, uh, you know, one day she's going to be queen and, you know, is pushing all this religion on her. And she's just like, I don't really fucking give a fuck. And she only learns what she wants to. Uh, and Jane Mary Guest was a composer and she, Charlotte became a, a, like a very good pianist. Huh. And uh, meanwhile, her mom is doing some odd duck shit. In 1807, there's, uh, there's rumors that she had a sexual uh, relationship with other men. Yeah, uh, since the separation, and and she was taking care of a young child, William Austin, who was alleged to be her child by another man. Hey, all right. The what, did nobody noticed her pregnant. Exactly. Uh, big dresses. It, exactly. Yeah. It's all bullshit. And so the Prince of Wales, uh, you know, um, George is hoping that uh, what was called the delicate investigation into his wife. It was an investigation into his wife. And ho hoping that it nullifies. Would turn up evidence that would, would uh, be like, you know, lead to a, a divorce. And uh, so during that whole investigation, the king won't see her. The king won't see Caroline. And Charlotte can't see Caroline. And, uh, you know, Charlotte's aware of it, which is horrible. Yeah. Uh, through just kind of like whispers. And uh, they saw each other in the park one day. And uh, Caroline pretended not to see her daughter. Just to fulfill the king uh, or the prince's wishes, and Charlotte was just completely distraught over that. Jesus you Christ. know, and um, so George, George was hateful that this investigation comes up with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes, it's, yes. It's all bullshit, and um, it's like I mean, he's so desperate to find something, and you're completely corrupt in so many ways, and in <coughs> this one sense. So yeah, this this one stupid uh, little kid that he thought might be an illegitimate child was like not allowed to play with Charlotte. But once again, the king would see Caroline, and Charlotte could see her mother. And um, you know now Charlotte starts growing up, and uh, people at court consider Charlotte undignified because she's a rowdy little tomboy, you know. Right. And um, people would say like, you know, she was like, uh, you know, just she really chose to put on dignity. Um, her father was proud of the horsemanship, and uh, she was really into, like, uh, Mozart and stuff like that. She was very into Marianne's character in Sense and Sensibility, and um, who's, again, like her, like a very kind of loudly sensitive kind of person. That's supposed, Marianne is supposed to represent the sensibility in Sense and Sensibility uh -huh. because she's like the, uh, that was kind of, uh, sensibility meant almost sensitivity at that time. And... Mm. Uh, and so uh, she gets um, this uh, terrible news that King George III is just beginning his, you know, final. Uh, Burn them all. Yeah, and he's just going fucking haywire, and um, you know she's just so saddened by it. And the, but the prince is like, now I'm Prince Regent. You know, this guy can't make any fucking decisions. I think he's learning the fiddle. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, he does this this um, this you know kind of coronation to Prince Regent in front of the Privy Council. The Privy Council. Yeah, which is exactly what you'd think. Like, yeah. a bunch of twats like Varys and Littlefinger around. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? And um, she's outside riding a horse back and forth trying to catch a glimpse through the windows uh, to this thing. And she's a she's a big-time uh, wig. Just, just a head going past. But like her Council. father. They're both, both big wigs, you know? 
And uh, bald? you mean the political party? Yeah. Oh. And um, so now that he, and wigs. <laughs> and so it's wigs and Tories back then, yeah. right? Uh, and um, now, but now that her dad is fucking like being like, oh, I, I have the power of of the kingdom behind me. He 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 doesn't recall the Whigs to office in Parliament, and everybody expected him to because he was a Whig. And Charlotte is completely like betrayed and being like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And she she would go to opera and you know uh, and act out and show her disappointment with her father's betrayal by blowing kisses at Lord Earl Grey, who was the leader of the Whig Party. Oh. So she was just of like... Of tea fame? Uh, of tea fame. <gasps> and... Um, <sighs> wow, now this story's heating up. Yeah. <laughs> so George had her under these intensely strict conditions, and, you know, she's like 15. Um, he gave her a, a kind of like a, a clothing allowance that was, you know, not really good for a, a princess of her age. And uh, if she goes to the opera, she has to sit in the, bu- the back and leave before it ends. Um, no kisses blown. She uh, had to just spend time with her aunts at, at Windsor. Uh, <laughs> she becomes uh, infatuated with her cousin, George Fitzclarence, who is the illeg- Fitzherbert, <laughs> who is the illegitimate son of the Duke of Clarence. Uh, he was called to Brighton to join a regiment, and then she falls in love with Lieutenant Charles Hess Ooh. of the Light Dragoons. Uh, it's a cavalry it's a, it's shit, a military, right? Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, he was uh, reputedly the illegitimate son of Charles' uncle. So anybody that's an illegitimate son, she loves, right? Yeah. It's a rebellious nature. Uh, uh, it, I really think it is. Bastards and broken things. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, so... They have a number of like quiet meetings, and uh, you know the lady de Clifford is uh, really, really worried about the Prince Regent finding out, and Princess Caroline just totally encourages it because Princess Caroline went underwent this same thing when she was growing up as a young lady and was forced to n- not not be, not be losers. alone with a man for five minutes, mm-hmm. not even her brother, like ridiculous shit like that. Well, you know, it's oh, brother. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that was but that's business, why. Yeah. But. It was, yeah, well, and plus everybody falls for their cousins back then. Um, and sisters. But, yeah, it was, um, so she's just like, yeah, you can even use the room at my house. Come on over to my house and hang out with this, what's his name, Hess? Yeah, bring him over. Is so he fits? Totally encouraging this shit. Because her mom. Her mom. Yeah. And uh, so he gets sent to join the British forces in Spain. And uh, nobody, nobody, most of the people in the royal family were aware, except for the prince regent, and they did nothing to to fuck with it because they did not approve of the way George was treating his daughter. Right. Um, Nineteen, or excuse me, eighteen thirteen. Napoleonic wars are now going in Britain's favor, and George is like, "All right, we need to start seriously talking about who uh, Charlotte's going to marry." And they decided that it would be uh, William of Orange. From the Netherlands. Mm. Uh, he's the descendant of William of Orange that, again, did another massacre in Ireland. Um, well, I mean, this is a sacrifice that the the, the, the crown demanded. Well, this is this is a Dutch crown we're talking about here. I said the crown. But they're trying to, uh, they're trying to you know, kind of wed, you know, forces yeah. in, in Europe after, you know, all this kind of, you know, uh, hubbub. And mm. so they're, they're, <laughs> they're like, how can we also massacre Ireland? That seems to be... Hey, you guys hate them, right? <laughs> well, it was just yeah, about we ate them too. getting into Northwest Europe in a way that was strategically important. And the Netherlands at the time were at the height of their power, the big, yeah. a big trading part, the Dutch East Indy co- Trading Company. And exactly. And, yeah. uh, they, were the, they were Venice. Tulips. They were a better Venice than Venice. Mm-hmm. So William, uh, the prince, comes to uh, the Prince Regent's uh, birthday party, and he, he gets hammered, and so does her dad. 
and she's just not impressed at all. I'm sorry, uh, Charlotte. The, uh, the prince uh, from from Holland comes yeah. to the party, hammered along with his dad. No, her dad. Her dad gets hammered at his birthday party. So the party. two men in her life, yeah, are both, and she's just like no I'm over it. Okay, and. Uh, so this doctor uh, Henry Halford was was kind of like sent to like feel her out about the marriage, Yikes. and um, she was like, "I don't think a, a future British queen should should marry a foreigner," and uh, so Prince Regent is now like, "Oh, I'm I'm worried that she wants to marry uh, Prince William Frederick, who's the Duke of Gloucester," and uh, what a waste of a, a political alliance, right? right? And so the Prince Regent gets gets his daughter in front of him, and he uh, he abuses both her. And Glo- and the Duke of Gloucester, and abuses yeah. them well, verbally abuses oh, them. Okay. I mean that's a very good thing. No way will that drive them together with some shared. Well, it, well. Yeah, it's we'll see because he spoke as if he had the most improper ideas about my inclinations. I see that he's completely poisoned against me. He'll never come around. She writes to the Whig Earl Grey again, and he he goes, um, you know, play for times. So and others this weird thing with like royals and politicians. Again, you know, she's being used as a pawn. Collaborating. Mm-hmm. But she's also understanding, I have power. Right. And um, so the public finds out about this thing about William of Orange, William of Gloucester, and it becomes, will she become the orange, or will she marry the orange of the cheese? Because Gloucester cheese yeah. was a thing. And, um, or, or they would call him uh, Slender Billy. Or Silly Billy. So Silly Billy was cheese, Slender Billy was orange. And the, pa- the papers are talking okay. about this. This is like, this is a good, you know, this is hot shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then the Prince Regent comes back again. And he's like, hey, I was thinking, you know, William of Orange again. And she goes, I will not quit this country as Queen of England, still less. And she goes, if I wed, the Prince of Orange will have to visit his frogs alone. <laughs> like, I'm not going to that fucking country. Yeah, yeah. And, um... The Prince Regent sets up another meeting between the two of them, and uh, she said, "It's that was better. And he goes, okay, all right. And he's like, hey, William of Orange, it, I, it went good, you know? And so they make a marriage contract, and um, it's uh, Charlotte insisting she's not going to leave Britain in the contract. The diplomats are like, we don't want to see the two thrones united. We just want to keep, you know, both things going and kind of, like, increase influence, you know, uh-huh. back and forth. And so there was, if there's only one son from the marriage, the Netherlands would pass, uh, excuse me, the couple's oldest son would become uh, the British king. And then the second son would inherit the Netherlands, right? If they were to have two. If they were to have two. And she signs the marriage contract, Charlotte does, and um, she gets, she gets, she falls in love with this other Prussian prince in the meantime, right? Oh, Prussian prince. And uh, it's just kind of like another thing from afar or whatever, you know. And his identity is kind of uncertain. Some people say it was Prince Augustus. Some people say it was uh, um, another uh, Prince Frederick. Um, <laughs> another and, Fritz. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so while she's over there, at, uh, um, you know, um, or while these kind of people are around in London, she meets a lieutenant general in the Russian cavalry, Prince Leopold of Saxe Coburg Salfield. And that's, uh, you know, just kind of south of Weimar. Uh-huh. Right? All right. Okay. And um, it's a little thing in Prussia, it's yeah. you know, not very fancy. And um, she's trying to escape uh, running into William of Orange at the thing. And well, he's uh, there too. He's there too. And um, he uh, escorts her to her carriage. And then. Uh, She's like, why? You know, why are all these other people calling on me and you didn't call on me? And he's like, uh, I'll fix it next time. I will. 
And so he, he, he has some gay. He, he, he writes, he writes to the, the Prince, uh, regent and, This um, Prussian fellow, Leopold. Leopold. And he's like, listen, I don't want to show up like some fucking weirdo. You know, I'm not trying to play any games here. I know there's stuff going on with William of Orange, but, you know, I would just like to meet your daughter. And, and she's already signed the marriage. She signed the marriage contract. Correct. Is the marriage, is the marriage done? No. It's just the, it's the contract for what will take place. Got it. Mm -hmm. And so, He's like, um, the Prince Regent is very impressed with this letter, uh -huh. you know, and um, because her mom, uh, Caroline, was opposed to the marriage with, with William of Orange, uh, she's kind of like saying, like, um, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, you know, make it so much, you know, my mother can't, uh, you know, step foot in my house, right? And... Um, when when uh, Charlotte went out in public, crowds would tell her like, "Do not abandon your mother by marrying this Prince of Orange." Like they sided with Caroline, uh -huh. and um, Charlotte tells them, "You know, if, if we're together, we got she's got to be welcome at my home, and uh, uh, my dad's not going to like that I idea either." And so uh, the Prince of Orange did not agree, and Charlotte broke off the engagement. Nice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, listen, if we get married, my mom's moving in. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And I wouldn't do this for a whole country. And so, um... We got Amsterdam here, lady. You know what that's like? It's pretty sweet. Her father, uh, he, he makes her, uh, shuts her up in Warwick House. And, um... I love Warwick House. And she's like... Except, you know, uh, just allowed to see almost nobody. And, um... When the order goes out that she's going to be like held in isolation in a house, she just like runs out into the street and gets in a cab, <laughs> right? Oh, oh, a cab. Yeah, yeah. taxi, carriage. Yeah, carriage. exactly. And uh, <laughs> a yellow cab. Yeah, yeah. guy from Scrooge in it. <laughs> and uh, now, let me. Is she a virgin still? I mean, maybe some of these like these room meetings with right. Hess. Officially, she is, but yeah. possibly, practically, perhaps not. Right, and um, you know, she, they had the they had moon methods. She, moon method, they had they also Caroline had Belladonna. Was out, Caroline's out visiting friends. She runs back to her house, hearing her daughter had you know uh, kind of went there. She she summons other Whig politicians to uh, give her advice, and uh, a number of family member member uh, they, they show up, and um, the Duke of York, her uncle, shows up. With a warrant in his pocket to make her return by force if necessary, uh, because of her father's orders. Oh, he's good. And after these long oh, arguments, good. the Whigs uh, <laughs> advise her to, you know, uh, go back, which she does the next day. And now the story of her making this big dash out and this huge rebellion is like, you know, kind of all over town, right? Right. And um, Henry uh, Brougham, a former MP and future Whig Lord Chancellor, reported, all are against the prince. Everybody's on Charlotte's side. He said side. that in the paper. He uh, or he just he he said he he did say that in the uh, yeah publicly and right. the opposition press uh you know they go crazy with it and um the prince has a pretty like you know emotional reconciliation with his daughter um but he's still uh giving the like the aides orders to not let her out of her sight right. uh, you know or out of their sight and um. She get, gets a note out to her favorite uncle, Prince Augustus, uh, the Duke of Sussex, and he uh, takes the Tory Prime Minister, Lord Liverpool, in the House of Lords with questions, and he asks whether Charlotte was free to come and go, whether she's allowed to go to the seaside, as doctors had recommended for her in the past, because, you know, that was a thing. Go, go to the beach. And, uh, and now that she's 18, whether the government was planning to give her a separate uh, residence. 
And Lord Liverpool is just like sidestepping all the questions and shit. And the Duke is summoned to Carlton House by the Prince Regent. And then he, he, the Prince Regent never spoke to his brother again because of that. Huh. Wait, because of, wait, because of what? Because of his brother reaming out uh. this fucking politician over the treatment of his niece. Uh. You say reaming. Yeah. Verbally. No. Not orally. <laughs> so, despite, uh, you know, kind of everything, you know, going down, she kind of enjoys where she's been isolated to, and she's, like, kind of, like, into, you know, this chill-ass, like, little life, and at the end of the 1814, um, the Prince Regent visits with her, and um, he informs her that her mother's about to leave England for an extended stay on the continent, and this upset her because she didn't feel that anything she could say would change Caroline's mind. Uh-huh. And um, she said, uh, why, you know, how can she be so casual about this for God knows how long is she going to be gone and what the hell is going to happen in the meantime? Like, I'm I'm clearly going to be, like, shipped off to somebody here, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, she was uh, worried that, um, like, the, the only thing keeping her from... Well, it's an ally lost. Yeah. And we're, what are you doing? Just gallivanting over there, you know? Well, I mean, uh, how much power does she really have? Yeah, but you should just want to be with your daughter. You sure, know, of um, yeah, but, but she's got a fucking kid now. She's got a man. She's got a male she's son. Got a fritz. She's got a, she's got a, <laughs> it's not know. even her kid. It's wow. just some kid she was well, taking right. care of. Everyone thinks. Well, so, you know, so. hey, you take care of hey, a kid. You know what? Sometimes, kid. sometimes you know, adoption is is a really noble thing. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. she goes uh, to uh, uh, Weymouth uh, because she's permitted to go seaside, and um, <laughs> and as she, as she went there, the princess's coach would stop along the way, and these huge adoring crowds, you know, would come and and. Uh, the uh, one of the authors said her affectionate welcome uh, shows that people already thought of her as their future queen. Right. And on arrival there, there was these huge banners that said "Hail Princess Charlotte, Europe's hope and Britain's glory." Wow! And uh, she's you know spending time going to like you know the, the attractions nearby, and, and she's <laughs> she's shopping. And these and... are the gallows where we hang <laughs> the sinners and we try the pigs and insects. Yeah. And uh, she takes this course, taking like these uh, heated salt wa- uh, sea- salt water baths that were like uh, like you know one of the things you could do there. Oh yeah. And she's still into this Prussian guy that she's in love with. Um, and hoped, you know, to no avail that he would inform the Prince Regent that he was interested, and he never did. Thanks, and, friend. And then she wrote to a friend that she would take the next best thing, which was the good-tempered <laughs> man with good sense. That man is the P of SC, the Prince of Saxe-Coburg, i.e. Leopold. Hell yeah. Oh, and Leopold, so, play the long game. Leopold is, like, nothing compared to these other people. I mean, he's... Politically. Yes. He has dick. An under... An under well, yeah. might, that's probably no, what I mean, it is. He's probably like a helps, fucking man. sweet Prussian yeah, cock. Leopold. So, um... Uh, the, uh... Now, how old, they're, what, 18, 19, 20? Yeah, about around there. And, uh, she is, uh... She gets a, a huge shock when her, you know, Prussian, uh, whoever it was, you know, Frederick or Augustus or whatever was, um, uh, uh, he got into another military attachment. And um, then her and her dad have, like, this, like, long Christmas dinner kind of talk, and they kind of, like, make up a little bit. And then she just, like, dials in on Leopold. And... He's still kind of like hoping for the Prince of Orange that you know she won't give up hope on that. He was, you know, and um, her dad is, yeah. And Charlotte's saying, No arguments, no threats shall ever bend me to marry this detested Dutchman. 
Very good. And, Dutchman. And uh, small hands smell like cabbage. <laughs> the United, the, the rest of the royal family is united in opposition, and so he he gave in and dropped the idea. Charlotte contacted Leopold through you know uh, the. Crows, the Varus, little fingers, yeah, some ravens out, and uh, she found him, um, you know, open. And but Napoleon was uh, kind of like starting shit up again on the continent. Oh, that Napoleon! And so Leopold was with his regiment fighting, and uh, she was like formally requested her father's permission to marry Leopold um, before returning to uh, like the seaside Weymouth and. Um, the Prince Regent replied with the unsettled political situation on the continent. He could not consider such a request. Um. To her frustration, he did not come to Britain after the restoration of peace, uh, even though he was in Paris, which she was like, that's a fucking hop, skip, and a jump away. Leopold? Yeah. Right. And uh, January 1816, the Prince Regent invited his daughter to the Royal Pavilion in Brighton, and she pleaded with him to allow the marriage. On her return, she wrote, I no longer hesitate in declaring my partiality in favor of the Prince of Coburg, assuring you that no one will be more steady or consistent in this, their present and last engagement than myself. He gives in and summons Leopold, who was in Berlin and on his way to Russia at the time. And Leopold arrives in Britain in late February and went to Brighton to be interviewed by the Prince Regent. After Charlotte was invited to join them, he had dinner with Leopold and her, um, and her dad. And she said, I find him charming and go to bed happier than I ever have done yet in my life. Jesus. I am certainly a very fortunate creature and have to bless God. A princess never, I believe, set out in life or married with such prospects of happiness, real domestic ones like other people yeah i guess it's, uh, it's and that's like the, the part of you where you go like your fantasy they're they're all fantasizing about being the princess fantasy, or yeah. fantasizing about being them and that's like the part of where you are like i don't know i just love this girl you know yeah. she's such a fucking maniac you know and um well, i mean how often do you get to choose when you're in that position and she I just mean, fought she, to choose yeah. you know and, especially as a royal right yeah and yeah, those marriages are, so, you know, marriage as an institution was initially only for the rich. And, and then once once it did trickle down into common people is when the idea of romantic love came around. Right. And it never trickled back up to right. the royals. It was always a political a formality. Thing, right. Yes. And, and, a, and, and a tool for, you know, property transfer. So uh, it's how sweet of her to. Yeah. To I have a chance. I have a chance to live to like normal. a normal person. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that just I mean, broke my heart. Just, yeah. The first thing I really broke my heart about it was when she talks about when she got in the mob to look at the princess. Right. And it was like, this is what I want to be. Yeah. And then it's like it kind of like, you know, impacted again here. I mean, well, it's very sweet, but it's also unrealistic. Uh, Well, I mean. What is? To live like a normal person. Well, what's well she just person? said the, the, cha she, the chance she, of happiness. I mean, I mean, just having being able to experience like what like a, a normal emotions without, you know. I understand it's a, a many well, people would like to live like the princess, like you're saying. Right, right. Yeah, but, but she does not. And, right, and that's like the thing. I don't, I don't want to dress in these clothes. Nobody right. wants it. You know what I mean? I want you get there. I want to fight. Right. You know what I mean? I want to ride horses. Like, and 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 the truth is when. When people do get into those positions, they don't want it either. It sucks. Some people like it. Some people and love people it. Are associated. And, and some people hate certain it. Certain men, yeah. right? But, but even then, you know, some you know some ladies that would like to dance, you know, in these fancy gowns and shit like that. And she was just never really like that. So much so that the other royals would be like, "I just absolutely detest how this girl dresses," and maybe that's part of why the people loved her so much. 
she, she didn't look, look like, it's like oh, Princess sure, Diana, right? Yeah, Princess yeah. Diana mm-hmm. was a hairdresser. Yeah, I mean, she still came from a very well-to-do family, but she was as close to a, a commoner person, yeah. as it got, and she was beautiful and real, and she fucking shook hands with AIDS patients and shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, then they killed her. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but like Kate Middleton, it was like. Her family was like her and her sister. They were like, one of you is going to marry. The yeah, prince. yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, like Meghan Markle, mm-hmm. I don't know, actress, oh, actor, half black. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too. How, I mean, how, just how, the audacity. Yeah, how dare she? She married the one that dresses up like a Nazi. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but well, also seems like the, the most one, relatable one. one. The, one, the wildest the sex of all time. Yeah. And the one who wasn't <laughs> the one who oh, wasn't the good again, right? Like. Yeah, Harry was never the prize son. It was always William. Yeah, Harry was, was yeah, and Harry was Harry was no, like you know the kind of yeah. Like, he, ooh, is he, he the illegitimate son too? Is he a fucking is he's he the, the fair he's baby? He's the wily one. But he's then, he, the but then he was also one. the one that would go to Afghanistan. He went, and yeah, stuff. he served. Yeah, yeah. you know um, he, he's really a. a he's like, quite he's quite an interesting cat. Yeah, and then yeah. this kind of move I think is almost the ballsiest move because it's just like yes. I mean I you know I'm not gonna play that game that ended up killing my mother. And I also I also I also don't want to take your money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, listen, let's face it. I'm going to be rich no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So, do oh, I need... Do I need to, the game show. Do I need to take the taxpayers' <laughs> money? And it was like a surprise. Like, the queen kind of summoned, like, a secret... Well, they summoned. Yeah. They wouldn't let Meghan Markle... Uh, yeah, they show. wouldn't let her show up. <laughs> but so, at this so meeting with, with Leopold... Uh, the end of the crown. I love it. Ugh. Fuck them. The prince regent was really impressed so with them. Stupid. And he tells his daughter that Leopold has every qualification to make a woman happy. Huh? And she goes. I saw his dick. She goes back to Cranbourne on the second of March, um, leaving Leopold with her father. And uh, an announcement's made in the House of Commons to huge response. I saw his dick. To because everybody is is just so relieved to have all of this drama of her marriage behind them. Right. And so Parliament's uh, they vote Leopold uh, a fifty fifty grand a year. Salary, I guess. I guess that's good. But they purchased like a uh, Claremont House for the couple, and Love they Claremont House. They gave them, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a, a generous single payment to set up the house, and uh, they bought the house. That's a pretty good payment itself. Fearful of of kind of like uh, you know a repeat with with everything that happened with William of Orange, George uh, kind of limits contact with Leopold, uh, and he allows them to meet only at dinner and never be alone together. Um, who? who? George? Leopold and Charlotte can't be alone together by by request of her of her father, even though they're married, or until they're married. Until they're married, exactly. Right, exactly. right. Uh, the well, mar- it's all fucking you know, yeah. it's la- it's property transfer and bloodline bullshit. Right. Let's say she well, gets she, just, pregnant. she doesn't want. He doesn't. Yeah. He knows that his daughter is willful, and she might sour on him if they hang out too much, and then Maybe. it's gonna be like it's gonna be like another huge to do. And so uh, they set the marriage for the second of May on, on the wedding day. So many people come to L- London for this wedding that the people in the wedding can't get to the wedding uh, because there's just fucking people everywhere. Just imagine what the streets looked like and um, piss or smelled. Yeah, oh, shit. at nine o'clock in the evening uh, in the Crimson Drawing Room at Carlton House uh, with Leopold dressing for the first time as a British general. Huh. Uh, uh, how many other Brit- how many British military men were like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, now he's he, in. He's, one, yeah. he's there for one day and he gets this <laughs> general outfit. I mean, uh, I've, no, killed, I've killed hundreds of children. You know how many Frenchmen? George, uh, children? Frenchmen and women. George uh, was dressed like a field marshal. The couple, uh, the couple were married. Uh, Charlotte's wedding dress cost over 10000 um, pounds? Yeah. Uh, Did they just staple him to it? The only, uh, the only little, you know, kind of... <laughs> 
worrisome uh, moment in the ceremony was when uh, Charlotte was heard to giggle uh, when um, the impoverished, poor as fuck, Leopold promised to endow her with all his worldly goods. <laughs> but he was he was a prince of just some small part. Oh, quite, quite lowly stature, yes. Right, but still, he was, an arist- he was a nobleman of some... Yeah, but Harry, it's just one of those things like I'll give you everything. And she's like, I'm the queen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the dress was ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna give me? That is... well, your salary's fifty, pal. Yeah, and I give it. I'm giving it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you, just, you just got this uniform, <laughs> Joker. <laughs> um, so they 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 uh they go on a honeymoon uh, uh at the Duke of York's uh, residence in Surrey, and um he's got his fucking dogs all around the place. Stinks like animals. Uh, not, you know, very fit for a princess. She loves dogs. Um, the princess later wrote that Leopold was the perfection of a lover. See? Hello. See? Two days no, after marriage. It's a little or big. They were uh, visited uh, by the prince regent, and uh, he spent two hours describing the details of military uniforms to Leopold. And she oh, was she God. was impressed with how well he took that. Uh, uh, yeah, you see the tassels sometimes. He dicked me down, and he and he talked to my dad for hours. I mean, this guy's got stamina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they go they go back to London for the social season. Oh, the social season. Great. I love the social season. What season was it is a, that? A Canter House. When they, when they go to the Canterbury. When they go to the theater, they the audience just goes absolutely mental. Uh, was it a good show? They were the show, pal. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't do that. This rare. And um, the, uh, they would all start singing "God Save the King" and shit like that. God Save the King, hell yeah! And uh, wait, but George not, the but the king's third, losing though? his mind. <laughs> the old George is still king, right? It's it's the prince. Yeah, the prince region is ruling Britain, but God Save the King is just like the national anthem. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But the uh, ah, that's okay. that's what it is. Yeah. That's why. But yeah, George will go on to become the king as soon as his father dies. Um, but he's, he's just playing with Legos. You know, yeah, he's just play. fucking around, probably, you know, eating, smelling his own shit. I don't Drooling, know. forgetting things. Um, hey, it's good to be king. And uh, she gets sick at the opera one time, and, and everybody gets really concerned about it. And uh, it was announced that she had a miscarriage. Um, and so they, they set up their house, and... Uh, Leopold has his own kind of physician, and that is uh, Christian Stockmar. Um, and he said in the first six months, uh, he never saw Charlotte wear anything that was not simple and in good taste, and that it was kind of Leopold's influence on her, and she was calmer and more in charge of like her own emotions and stuff like that. So, give me, let me uh, clarify that for me. Uh, Leopold's physician said, I never saw. Her, her wear anything that was not simple and in good taste. That sh- she was just a nice, easy dresser. She lady. was just kind of becoming a little bit more of a lady. And that it was due to Leopold's influence. And it wasn't like frivolous, but it was tasteful. And, right. um, you know, he was just providing, not, you know, making her something she wasn't, but uh, he was kind of calming her uh, down. Rebellious yeah. way. So it's like when like, uh, like when you're, like your girlfriend wears like black jeans and, and uh, Adidas and a flannel or something like that. You know when girls wear that and it's just like, great. What? You know, like you see a girl, she's wearing tight black jeans and white Adidas and like a, and a plaid flannel Yeah, shirt. yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. get that. And how she's that's just she's great. Dressing like, perfect. She's dressing like you. You're wearing... Shut the uh, fuck up, dude. <laughs> You know what I mean, right? I get it. It's, just, yeah, yeah. it's simple, but also really cute. Yeah. And you're not sure. trying too but hard, it's, it's, but it looks it's, good. It's more about her demeanor and, it, and the change it. in she's that. She's not wild. She's right. But she's in her mid-20s now. She's settling in, settling she's down. She's had a miscarriage. Right. So Things are getting serious. Right. She, uh... 
she's uh so hot with the fucking black jeans and the Adidas <laughs> and the Chuck Taylors. You know? He's wearing black jeans. Leopold would later write. So is John. Except when I went out to shoot, we were together always, and we could be together. We did not tire. Uh, when Charlotte became kind of excited, like you know, uh, her old self. Uh, uh, excited. I mean, yeah. Do you know what I mean by excited? Yes. yes. Okay. Running with the dogs. Just yeah, rambunctious. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Up. I know yeah, what you yeah, mean. Yeah. Emotional, and uh, he would say, "Do small shuddy," which means gently, my love. What, what, what say it again? Do small shuddy. Do small shuddy. So he's yeah. speaking French to her. He's speaking French to her. That's cute. Oh, that's very cute. I, I love when he speaks his French. Do small shuddy. Do small shuddy. And so then she just starts calling him do small, and she would, Aww. she would, she would calm down. Aww. And uh, that's great. So now they're called. Uh, they're be, starting to be called the Cobergs. And uh, they spent uh, the, the Christmas uh, at the Brighton Pavilion with a bunch of other royals. Um, the Prince Regent, on her birthday, January 7th, gives a huge ball to celebrate Charlotte's 21st birthday. Huh. And But they don't go because uh, they just they just wanted to have a quiet night. Yeah. And, um, That's you know, great. probably some wonderful sex or something. Some wonderful love. And uh, Charity. At the end of April in 1817, Leopold informs the Prince Regent that Charlotte is once again pregnant. She's gonna fucking bust! Doesn't and that Shelly. there's every prospect of the princess carrying the baby to term. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. That's always... Uh, every prospect. She just seems healthier, sure. I guess. Uh, sure. And so Charlotte's uh, pregnancy is just, like, fascinated over by the public. They are just so fascinated with it. Uh, betting shops... Start setting up uh, whether it's going to be a boy or a girl. Uh -huh. uh, economists uh, were positing that the birth of a princess would raise the stock market by 2.5%. Oh, good. The birth of a prince would raise it by 6 <sighs> So oh, no matter what happens, hey. hey everything is great. Um, Unless it comes out a fucking jackal, things yeah, are looking yeah. good. Oh. She, uh, she kind of, you know, is spending her time chill. Uh, she sits for a portrait by Sir Thomas Lawrence. Um, she didn't get a ton of exercise and ate well and... Um, she, well, she fattened up a little her bit. Her medical team, you know, kind of starts, like, prenatal care in, like, 1817, and they put her on a, a diet, a strict diet, hoping to reduce the size of the child at birth. Oh, that's always really well, So great. it comes out easier. Yeah. Well, you know. The diet and occasional bleeding seem to weaken her. And, oh, God. Uh, so they're bleeding. Yeah, so these these geniuses let's, let's going, going every, all the prospects. Yeah. All the, as if we bleed. We've been bleeding her. <laughs> feeding her nothing but broth. Yeah. She's not exercising. No sunlight. <laughs> Things are looking good. If she gives birth to a pebble, it's going to grow to a big boy. Oh, my God. I, it was at the, the painting she sat for. It was at the one that was in the gallery. Oh no no! It wasn't a painting of her that I was talking about. Oh, it was okay. it was him talking about another person from a similar era. But uh, oh. but no, um, that there it is. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of actually beautiful portraits. Uh, there was a, a another woman named Charlotte that was assigned to just do mini portraits of Princess Char Charlotte, and oh, some nice. some of those are like on lockets where it's just like Charlotte's eye and stuff, yeah. and they're really cool. Huh. Um, so the diet, uh, you know, is, is fucking her up. And, you know, Stockmar, who is Leopold's physician, you know, from uh, uh, Prussia, is kind of, like, baffled at this shit going, like, this is fucking, like, medieval. Like, what, yeah. the, what are you doing? And he, 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 he won't interfere because he's like, I'm a fucking foreigner, and I'll be, if anything goes wrong, I'm, get, I'm taking the blame. Right. <laughs> it's, it's goddamn. And so a lot of her day-to-day oh, um, -day stuff is getting taken over by this doc, uh, Sir Richard Croft, and um, he was kind of like a, you know, a male midwife sort of thing, which was, oh. uh, uh, you know, uh, 
kind of trend of the times and hmm. She yeah, was supposed that's to be who I want. a male midwife. Yeah, he knows how it works. Yeah. She was supposed to be due on uh, 19th of October, and uh, she just showed no signs of giving birth, and she drove out uh, with Leopold, uh, you know, as usual, kind of going same routine. And um, on the 3rd of November in the evening, her contractions began. Uh, Sir so Richard. Two weeks later. Sir Richard encouraged her to exercise, but would not let her eat. Uh, uh. Later, late in the evening, he sent for officials that were who were to witness and attest to the royal birth. As the fourth of November became the fifth, it became clear that Charlotte might might be unable to expel the child. Uh, Croft and Charlotte's personal physician uh, Matthew Bailey decided to send for obstetrician John Sims. Croft did not allow Sims to see Charlotte. Um, Just and, take a guess, will you? And forceps were not used, according um, to. Uh, wait, wait, wait. So wait, when you say not see, do you mean they put like? Like a was he? What, what did he do? You what? can't. You can't come in. Yeah. Oh, so they, he just they, said they stand say come, outside. They say come. You say no. Right. Not um, just put her under a blanket. You just you're yeah. you're refused. Yeah. So uh, so uh, you know there was there was um, forceps weren't used, but there was also that was starting to come in, in, into into like play at the time. But also the there was a lot of forceps. Of, uh, yeah, but there was there wasn't antiseptics yet, so a lot of times that could also fuck shit yeah. up. Yeah, you want to bring it introduce a foreign object. Um, so at nine in the evening on the fifth of November, Charlotte finally gives birth to a large stillborn boy. Uh, um, and they, they tried to shrink him enough. They, they tried to they resuscitate fed, him. They fed her too much. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people said it, like he was a he was a good looking boy that looked like the family. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, this is not like I'm sorry. I'm, so, I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, incest you volume. No, no, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry not to be like, oh, well, he must have been a really good. No, it's like, fi- uh, all right, whatever. Maybe it was Just, like a Benjamin Button I'm, type of situation. Uh, I'm sorry. Go on. So they, they say that, that Charlotte's doing fine. And um, fuck. She kind of hears the news and is just like, I guess it's the will of God. I and guess. Uh, she finally gets fed. Uh, you know, um, and she seems to be good, and, uh, and I'm sure she's got a fucking ravenous appetite after all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. and Christ. so one of the doctors gives Leopold um, an opiate, and he uh, fucking uh, just collapses into bed. And... Oh, but not her. <laughs> Great, not the woman who's been yeah. fucking. Oh, this two poor weeks man. Of labor. This poor you man. poor thing. You go rest. You, you, you need it. You poor bastard. Uh. So after midnight, Charlotte starts uh, vomiting violently and complaining of pelvic pains. Uh, and uh, Sir Richard comes in, and he, he finds her cold, like, uh, you know, to the touch. And she's having trouble breathing, and she's bleeding. And he's putting hot compresses on her. And um, that was kind of what you did for postpartum bleeding, but the bleeding just doesn't stop. He calls in Stockmar and tells him to bring Leopold. Stockmar is like, I can't get Leopold up. You gave him an opiate or whatever. Um, and uh, so he goes back to to see the uh, the princess. Um, Give him milk of the pop. And says, uh, they've made me tipsy. And Stockmar leaves the room and uh, tries to get, you know, uh, Leopold up. But... Um, she comes. She he hears Charlotte saying "Stocky, Stocky," calling him back in, and he comes in and finds her dead. And then the fucking Leopold wakes up. Hey, from this where's my fucking drug? This after coma. this, the public's reaction was like they lost their kid. Mm. Everybody, they ran out of black fabric for people to wear. For people Jeez. to wear. 
the homeless wore black fabric. Uh, the, the, the shops closed for two weeks. Jesus. Uh, the whole kingdom was just distraught. Uh, you could, yeah, you could just see fucking homeless people with black armbands, like, living on the streets. And, um, even the gambling dens shut down on the day of her funeral. Um, uh, the makers of ribbons and, like, you know, fancy goods, you can't wear that shit during yeah. a time of mourning. They <laughs> pleaded to not go into bankruptcy by shortening, shortening the period of mourning. Yeah. Um... And uh, the, the 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 Prince Regent is just a fucking mess. Uh, he he couldn't go to the, the funeral. Uh, Princess Caroline fainted uh, by hearing the news from a courier. Um, she said later, England, that great country, has lost everything in losing my ever beloved daughter. Uh, even the Prince of Orange burst into tears at hearing the news, uh, and he's been married now to the uh, Russian yeah. uh, noble. And uh, his wife ordered uh, the ladies of her court into mourning. Um, dress in black, you bitches! <laughs> My husband's ex-girlfriend just died. It sounds like they, everybody really liked. Show some respect. The greatest effect fell on Prince Leopold. Stockmore wrote years later. November saw the ruin of this happy home and the destruction at one blow of every hope and happiness of Prince Leopold. Yeah. <sighs> He has never recovered the feeling of happiness which had blessed his short married life. Mm -hmm. Without Charlotte, he was incomplete. It was as if he had lost his heart. Uh, how long? Were they together for? I mean, you know, they had, she had a miscarriage. She had so at least eighteen months, right? Oh, yeah, sure. it's a very short marriage. But yeah, I mean, uh, the, no, the, the, the levels. The, you're oh, right. No, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I'm I, just curious as to yeah. the length of their eighteen months. But it was at least uh, at the, least eighteen. The, months. the heat was. Uh, Let me see strong. here on the. Her, my her, my hope is that they got some time together. Is what I'm getting at. Well, it's you know it sounds like they did. Yeah, they had but a short enough. amount of time, and that was the only time where yeah. she was ever really free. Yeah, yeah. the brief and then the he shooting loses star, fucking his wife and his kid at the same time. Wakes up from an opium bender. Yeah, none, um, none of it's good. He wrote he wrote to Sir Thomas Lawrence, who was taking the, you know the portrait of her. Two generations gone in a moment. Oh, yeah. I have felt for myself, but I have also felt for the Prince Regent. My Charlotte is gone from the country. It has lost her. She was good. She was an admirable woman. None could know my Charlotte as I did know her. It was my study, my duty to know her character, but it was my delight. Huh. Um, she was buried with her son at her feet in Windsor Castle okay. on the 19th of November. Um, the public demanded that uh, sculptor Matthew Coates Wyatt make a, a, a monument to her. And that was uh, at her tomb. And uh, after a while, the public began to want to blame people. And uh, the Queen and the Prince Regent were, were blamed for not being present at the birth, um, even though Charlotte had requested that they not be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of people blamed Croft for the, the care of the princess. Uh, the Prince Regent refused to blame Croft, but um, just in, in the midst of attending another young woman, he just saw a gun, grabbed it, and shot himself. And this, the death of child, mother, doctor, <laughs> led to, um, you know, uh, significant changes in obst obstetrics. Yeah, they, oh, don't no leave, they don't leave guns in uh, birth rooms anymore. It was just, uh, you know, more... more, yeah, more uh, generally, feed the woman, don't bleed her. <laughs> yeah. uh, more intervention in, uh, in uh, protracted labor. Yeah. Um, fucking forceps. Yeah, it was... Um, I mean, that whole, I mean, fucking the bleeding... Is, I mean, that's how they killed George Washington. 
Uh, there's a whole history of medicine is a, is a goddamn trial and error of terrible ideas. An uh, obelisk Up was, until very was, uh, yeah, was uh, erected by the liberal MP uh, uh, for Charlotte uh, in the grounds of his country house, and it was uh, badly damaged over age, and it was restored in August 2009 at a cost of 15,000 pounds. Nothing. Uh, Charlotte's death left the king without any legitimate grandchildren. His youngest surviving child was over 40. The newspapers urged the king's unmarried sons towards matrimony. <laughs> One such leading article... Reached the king's fourth son, Prince Edward, Duke of Kent, at his home in Brussels, where he was living with his mistress. <laughs> he idiots. quickly gets rid of his mistress and proposed to Leopold's sister, Victoria. Huh. Their daughter ah. was Queen Victoria. Ah. Yes. Because this is now 1840-something. She, yeah, yeah, well, she became, Victoria becomes queen in 1837. Uh, That's pretty close. But, uh, yeah. But imagine, like, all these. And that issues in the Victorian age. Right, all these uh, fucking shit. sexless weirdos. These shit. A lot kids. of expansion of the empire. No, without a doubt. Uh, then, yeah. yeah. His his shit sons. His forty year old. All son. right, you fucking losers. <laughs> shape up. You gotta yeah, make you, me one of you is king now. Oh yeah, my Jesus. god. But yeah, I mean that's just that just completely broke my heart. Yeah, yeah that's rough, awful. man. God, I mean, but you know it is. At least they had some time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it is beautiful, and it's you know. Some people don't even get that. Right. Yeah. Well, something isn't beautiful because it lasts. Right. Right. And then uh, they have, um, you know, um, it, I just I, I, you know, I was kind of fascinated by this this weird disconnect between the public and the royal family, and then the royal family is just overwhelming uh, dysfunctionality. Yeah. It's just. Absolutely baffling, um, nonstop isolation and and punishment by I mean generation after generation. Uh, what the fuck are you doing? Well, I mean, how many of I mean, violence begets violence, isolation begets isolation, and they're all fucking inbred yeah, and, and then, entitled and yeah. trying to like you know uh, maintain the the thorough the bloodlines. Mm -hmm. It's this weird. It's silly. It's such an archaic. It's an archaic uh, um, institution, yeah. but just dressed up really well. It's in nice clothes. But yeah. it is this very primitive, we have to maintain mm -hmm. the bloodline. Yeah. Otherwise, things go to shit. But they're wearing lace and jewels. And yeah. Stuff. But it's very, I mean, it's caveman-like. But yeah. it, it's this uh, this chain of being where they think they're the next thing to God. When it's like, if you really wanted to be in touch with the people you were ruling, you would do what she was thinking, mm -hmm. which was... See what it was like to be. Right. Yeah, Whatever. going and talking yeah, going, to them, stopping, yeah. shaking hands, meeting them. You know, right. it was like they, they just absolutely adored this woman and they hated the rest of the royals. And yeah, uh, and, and you could be you could openly do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's you know you know, uh, they haven't completely switched away from monarchy yet, but they're totally going towards, you know, parliamentary politics and more democracy right. and stuff. But um at the same time, you see those other things about how small these fucking worlds are when it goes like Russia, Prussia, yeah. fucking, you know, France, and they're all like such a small community I mean, in a and, way. And they're all related. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still. I, yeah. They're, uh, they're, it's yeah. a German royal family. Yeah. They're fucking Germans. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's absurd. It's the House of Hanover or whatever, yeah. you know, was this, you know, where they came from. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think. It was what maybe, uh, and before that there were, there were I think George, Spanish people. I think George George the Third, the one that, that that fell into madness, was just the first of the House of Hanover to be born in England and speak English as a first language. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's like they're not fucking Brits at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you mean know? William the Conqueror. There's, there's there's so many 
Britain's been run over. And... Yeah, I just I don't know. This story really took me. I was uh, I was shocked how much uh, uh, there was about it. Um, I uh, how'd you fall into it? How'd you come across it? I think I uh, I was looking into um, some stuff about uh, the uh, the era of um, kind of uh, the Wolf Tone Rebellion, which started around this time. Uh-huh. And because I don't really know much about it, even though it's Irish history, but it's like 1798. And then I was just like, all right, well, let me just look at England during this time. And I found out that the princess that was born right in the midst of, of that rebellion had just an absolutely tragic and fascinating story. I mean, she fucking died at 21. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. Yeah. And um, just so beloved. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, just really did what she wanted. And, uh, like, you know, she's ready to get down and dirty, you know? And, like, kind of, like, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, Go to my mom's house and fucking, I'm going to invite these politicians over and shit. And like, I don't care if you're the king, sort of, you know, the real king's crazy and he has my back, you know, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I just really, I really loved the story. It was yeah. just, and his, his, his devotion to her, uh, was, was great. And, um, he went on to, to, uh, you know, be, stay kind of, you know, an important person in England, really, you know, and then he would later become the king of Belgium. No shit. Yeah. So he was the king. He's, oh, he's King Leopold. Okay. Ah. And then King Leopold II was another long reigning monarch, you know. But um. Now, but yeah. So that he married into that. Uh, into the Belgian monarchy. I. He must have. I unless, guess. unless, I mean, unless he fucking took it over or something. I mean, you have to imagine that he. He was kind of chosen for his neutrality. Uh, because it was such a contested thing between France yeah. and, and and everything else, and they and he kept Belgian neutral. Uh, through a lot of different things, yeah. uh, he he you know um, he wouldn't uh, uh, allow them to get involved, and people just kind of saw him as a steady hand in Europe in general. Yeah, mm. he'd been through a lot. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's one of those stories though where the uh, for once in a generation there's a free spirit who seems relatable, and then they are killed by the terrible decisions of the. <laughs> the it, it, I, um, I I just can't fathom what like dieting what. Do you, I'm reading a book about uh, medicine. I mean, they killed George Washington by ble- by bleeding him. They're like, well, we better get rid of all this blood in this guy. Yeah. And, and give him mercury so he shits blood. Yeah. yeah. All of these guys are... Yeah, I mean, the stupid. guy just grabbing the gun randomly, like, at another fucking... Well, that's not even good doctoring either. Yeah, but while another lady's giving birth... Yeah. Excuse me, I just got some very bad news. Yeah. What if I just add trauma to this... Ah! It's it's just like yeah, just this complete suddenness of like it weighing on him and then, day after day, and then the papers turning on you, oh, yeah. and then you just being like, well yeah, there's a gun right there, bang, yeah. And then like, if she gives birth, she's worried, she's worried that what the kid that comes out is his soul that just departed. Oh right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, the kid's got fucking PTSD now. Yeah, it's uh. Fuck, man. I heard that shit about the homeless wearing black. That's pretty rough. And them running out of fucking black fabric. Yeah. And, like, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's fucking you know? sad. Sad story. But, uh, yeah, I love it. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. You know? It is. For it's the like, uh, fuck, man. That's just such crazy shit. And, like, you know. It wouldn't have been so sad if not for the good times. 
Yeah, yeah, and just kind of, you know, this this weird transitional period, I think, of, of, of the United Kingdom, where it's kind of like, yeah, you can, what do you, you know, like, we are changing, it is evolving, it is, we're becoming a less important monarchy, mm-hmm. uh, and people, are, you know, are like, realizing, I don't have to do what I'm told, I'm gonna yeah. be the fucking queen, Yeah, I don't have to do shit. Well, there's a lot of rebellion from the Americas <laughs> yeah. and otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they all rebelled too. Like I said, when they were yeah. kids, George rebelled, and yeah, they still just instituted this like fucking super draconian bullshit. It's almost like it's human nature. It, yeah, hmm. seems like. Yeah, but um, that was great, John. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's really sweet. <laughs> I hope we didn't talk. That now you should watch Blue Valentine. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's a good one, man. Peak Ryan Gosling. Oh, oh he's not peak anymore. Dude, he's peaking always, bro. Okay. Always. All right. I'm peaking right now. T. <laughs> Huh? Uh, what? Oh, you're a sick guy. You're a sick guy, Ryan. <laughs> He's peeking. Right. Oh, sick um, guy, you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's what kind of. I mean, there's beauty in that disaster. Like it just mm-hmm. kind of makes it even more beautiful. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it really does. It's kind of fucked up, but wow. it's really fucked up. Every rose has a thorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe she would grow up and just be terrible. <laughs> Yeah, maybe she would have got sure, fat, yeah. and they would have stopped loving Maybe she would have got fat, that's the first thing well, I'm they were putting her on. Talking about her being a terrible model. They were, they were putting her on model. a diet already, you know, and they probably saw the signs. <laughs> she gave birth to a big kid, would they say? Yeah, they, they tried let's... to starve the shit out of yeah. him, too. I mean, come on. Yeah, God, that was... Oof, man. But yeah, there's um, there's um, any particular book uh, or uh, 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 diaries, uh, accounts. Uh... There's a uh, there's a uh, uh, Charlotte uh, Charlotte and Leopold uh-huh. is kind of one of the the, the bigger ones. Um, but there's uh, several books that the Wikipedia draws from. I don't think it printed though. Oh no, here we go. Yeah, there is uh, the Letters of Princess Charlotte uh, by Arthur Aspinall. There is Charlotte and Leopold by James Chambers. Um, we have. An Uncommon Woman, The Empress Frederick, Daughter of Queen Victoria, uh, that's by Hannah Pakula. Then there's Caroline and Charlotte by Alison Plowden. Uh, that's quoted extensively in it. Um, uh, it's Kate Williams, uh, her book, uh, Becoming Queen Victoria, is referenced quite a bit. E.A. Smith on George IV, The Prince Regent. Uh, and that is it. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm going to say good night. My name is John Fahey. My name is Aaron Pita, and I'm saying good night. Matt Brousseau. Good night, everybody. We love you. Starbands Avenue, a podcast network.